0: act 5 of the misanthrope by moliere translated by henri van loon this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org act 5 scene 1 alceste Feliente
1: i tell you my mind is made up about it but whatever this blow may be does it compel you You may talk and argue till doomsday if you like nothing can avert me from what i have said the age we live in is too perverse and i am determined to withdraw altogether from intercourse with the world what when honour probity decency and the laws are all against my adversary when the equity of my claim is everywhere cried up when my mind is at rest as to the justice of my cause. I meanwhile see myself betrayed by its issue. What? I have got justice on my side and I lose my case. A wretch, whose scandalous history is well known, comes off triumphant by the blackest falsehood. All good faith yields to his treachery. He finds the means of being in the right whilst cutting my throat. The weight of his dissimulation so full of cunning, overthrows the right and turns the scales of justice. He obtains even a decree of court to crown his villainy. And, not content with the wrong he's doing me, there is abroad in society an abominable book, of which the very reading is to be condemned, a book that deserves the utmost severity, and of which the scoundrel has the impudence to proclaim me the author. Upon this Arant is observed to mutter, and tries wickedly to support the imposture. He who holds an honourable position at court, to whom I have done nothing except having been sincere and candid, who came to ask me, in spite of myself of my opinion, of some of his verses, and because I treat him honestly, And will not betray either him or truth, he assists in overwhelming me with a trumped up crime. Behold him now, my greatest enemy, and I shall never obtain his sincere forgiveness, because I did not think that his sonnet was good. Sedeath, to think that mankind is made thus, the thirst for fame induces them to do such things. This is the good faith the virtuous zeal the justice and the honour to be found amongst them <sighs> let us be gone it is too much to endure the vexations they are devising let us get out of this wood this cut-throat hole and since men behave towards each other like real wolves wretches you shall never see me again as long as i live
2: I think you are acting somewhat hastily, and the harm done is not so great as you would make it out. whatever your adversary dares to impute to you has not had the effect of causing you to be arrested. We see his false reports defeating themselves, and this action is likely to hurt him much more than you
1: <laughs> him he does not mind this scandal of such tricks as these; he has a license to be an arrant knave in this event far from damaging his position, will obtain him a still better standing to-morrow.
2: In short, it is certain that little notice has been taken of the report which his malice spread against you. From that side you have already nothing to fear, and as for your lawsuit, of which you certainly have reason to complain, it is easy for you to bring the trial on afresh, and against this decision...
1: No, I shall leave it as it is. Whatever cruel wrong this verdict may inflict, I shall take particular care not to have it set aside. We see too plainly how right is maltreated in it, and I wish it to go down to posterity as a signal proof, as a notorious testimony of the wickedness of the men of our age. It may indeed cost me twenty thousand francs, but at the cost of twenty thousand francs I shall have the right of railing against the iniquity of human nature and of nourishing an undying hatred of it
2: but after all
1: but after all your pains are thrown away what can you sir say upon this head would you have the assurance to wish to my face to excuse the villainy of all that is happening
2: no i agree with you in all that you say everything goes by intrigue and by pure influence it is only trickery which carries the day in our time and men ought to act differently but is their want of equity a reason for wishing to withdraw from their society all human failings give us in life the means of exercising our philosophy it is the best employment for virtue and if probity reigned everywhere if all hearts were candid just and tractable most of our virtues would be useless to us inasmuch as their functions are to bear without annoyance the injustice of others in our good cause and just in the same way as a heart full of virtue
1: i know that you are a most fluent speaker sir that you always abound in fine arguments but you are wasting your time in all your fine speeches reason tells me to retire for my own good I cannot command my tongue sufficiently, I cannot answer for what I might say, and should very probably get myself into a hundred scrapes. (sighs) Allow me, without any more words, to wait for Solomon. She must consent to the plan that brings me here. I shall see whether her heart has any love for me, and this very hour will prove it to me
2: let us go upstairs to eliant and wait her coming
1: no my mind is too harassed you go and see her and leave me in this little dark corner with my black care
2: that is strange company to leave you in i will induce eliant to come down
0: scene 2 selemenay orante Alceste.
3: yes madam it remains for you to consider whether, by ties so dear, you will make me wholly yours. I must be absolutely certain of your affection. A lover dislikes to be held in suspense upon such a subject. If the ardour of my affection has been able to move your feelings, you ought not to hesitate to let me see it. And the proof, after all, which I ask of you, is not to allow Alcest to wait upon you any longer, to sacrifice him to my love, and, in short, to banish him from your house this very day.
4: But why are you so incensed against him? You whom I have so often heard, speak of his merits.
3: There is no need, madam, of these explanations. The question is, what are your feelings? Please to choose between the one or the other. My resolution
1: depends entirely upon yours.
0: Alceste, coming out of his corner.
1: Yes, this gentleman is right, madam you must make a choice and his request agrees perfectly with mine i am equally eager and the same anxiety brings me here my love requires a sure proof things cannot go on any longer in this way and the moment has arrived for explaining your feelings i have no wish sir in any way to disturb by an
3: untimely affection your good fortune
1: and i have no wish sir jealous or not jealous to share aught in her heart with you if she
3: prefers your affection to mine
1: if she has the slightest inclination towards you
3: i swear henceforth not to pretend to it
1: again i peremptorily swear never to see her again madam It remains with you now to speak openly. Madam, you can explain yourself fearlessly. You have simply to tell us where your feelings are engaged. You may simply finish the matter by choosing between us two. What?
3: You seem to be
1: at a loss to make such a choice what your heart still wavers and appears uncertain
4: good heavens how out of place is this persistence and how very unreasonable you both show yourselves it is not that i do not know whom to prefer nor is it my heart that wavers it is not at all in doubt between you two and nothing could be more quickly accomplished than the choice of my affections but to tell the truth i feel too confused to pronounce such an avowal before you i think that disobliging words ought not to be spoken in people's presence that a heart can give sufficient proof of its attachment without going so far as to break with every one and gentler intimation suffice to inform a lover of the ill success of his suit
3: no no i do not fear a frank avowal
1: for my part
3: i consent to
1: it and I demand it. It is just its very publicity that I claim, and I do not wish you to spare my feelings in the least. Your great study has always been to keep friends with everyone, but no more trifling, no more uncertainty. You must explain yourself clearly, or I shall take your refusal as a verdict. I shall know for my part how to interpret your silence, and shall consider it as a confirmation of the worst. I owe
3: you many thanks, sir, for this wrath, and I say in every respect as you do.
4: How you weary me with such a whim! Is there any justice in what you ask? And have I not told you what
0: motive prevents me? I will be judged by Eliante, who is just coming. Scene three. Eliante, Felinte. Orante, good cousin i am
4: being persecuted here by people who have concerted to do so they both demand with the same warmth that i should declare whom my heart has chosen and that by a decision which i must give before their very faces i should forbid one of them to tease me any more with his attentions say has ever such a thing been done
0: pray do not consult me upon such a matter you may perhaps address yourself to a wrong person for i am decidedly for people who speak their
3: mind madam. it is useless for you to decline
1: all your evasions here will be badly supported you must speak you must and no longer waver you need do no more than remain silent i desire but one word to end our discussions to me your silence will convey as much as speech
0: scene four arsinoe salemene Eliante, alceste felinte acaste clitandre orante acaste to salemene
5: we have both come by your leave madam to clear up a certain little matter with you
0: clitandre to orante and alceste
6: your presence happens fortunately gentlemen for this affair concerns you also
0: arsinoe to
7: no doubt you are surprised at seeing me here madam but uh, these gentlemen are the cause of my intrusion they both came to see me and complained of a proceeding which i could not have credited i have too high an opinion of your kindness of heart ever to believe you capable of such a crime my eyes even have refused to give credence to their strongest proofs and in my friendship forgetting trivial disagreements i have been induced to accompany them here to hear you refute this slander
5: yes madam let us see with composure how you will manage to bear this out this letter has been written by you to cletandre
6: and this tender epistle you have addressed to Acaste,
0: Acaste, to oronte and alceste
6: this writing
5: is not altogether unknown to you gentlemen and i have no doubt that her kindness has before now made you familiar with her hand but this is well worth the trouble of reading "'You are a strange man to condemn my liveliness of spirits, "'and to reproach me that I am never so merry as when I am not with you. "'Nothing could be more unjust, "'and if you do not come very soon to ask my pardon for this offence, "'I shall never forgive you as long as I live. "'A great hulking booby of a viscount,' "'he ought to have been here. "'A great hulking booby of a viscount,' with whom you begin your complaints is a man who will not at all suit me and ever since i watched him for full three-quarters of an hour spitting in a well to make circles in the water i never could have a good opinion of him as for the little marquis uh, that is myself ladies and gentlemen be it said without the slightest vanity as for the little marquis who held my hand yesterday for a long while i think that there is nothing so diminutive as his whole person and his whole merit consists in his cloak and sword as to the man with the green shoulder-knot
0: to alceste
5: it is your turn now sir as to the man with the green shoulder-knot he amuses me sometimes with his bluntness and his splenetic behaviour, but there are hundreds of times when I think him the greatest bore in the world. <sighs> Respecting the man with the big waistcoat, to Orante, this is your share. Respecting the man with the big waistcoat who has thought fit to set up as a wit and wishes to be an author in spite of everyone, I cannot even take the trouble to listen to what he says, and his prose bores me just as much as his poetry. Take it then for granted that I do not always enjoy myself so much as you think, and that I wish for you, more than I care to say, amongst all the entertainments to which I am dragged, and that the presence of those we love is an excellent relish to our pleasures.
6: Now for myself. Your Clitander, whom you mention to me, and who has always such a quantity of soft expressions at his command, is the last man for whom I can feel any affection. He must be crazed in persuading himself that I love him, and you are so too in believing that I do not love you. You had better change your fancies for his, and come see me as often as you can to help me in bearing the annoyance of being pestered by him. This shows the model of a lovely character, madam. And I need not tell you what to call it. It is enough. We shall, both of us, show this admirable sketch of your heart everywhere and to everybody.
5: I might also say something, and the subject is tempting, but I deem you beneath my anger, and I will show you that little marquise can find worthier hearts than yours to console themselves.
0: Scene five. Celemene, Eliante, Arsinoe, Alceste, Orante, Felinte.
3: What? Am I to be pulled to pieces in this fashion after all that you have written to me? And does your heart, with all its semblance of love, plight its faith to all mankind by turns? Huh. i have been too great a dupe but i shall be no longer you have done me a service in showing yourself in your true colours to me i am the richer by a heart which you thus restore to me and find my revenge in your loss to alceste Sir, I shall no longer be an obstacle to your flame, and you may settle matters with this lady as soon as you please.
0: Scene six. Salemene, Eliante, Arsinoe, Alceste, felinte Arsinoe to Salemene.
7: This is certainly one of the basest actions which I have ever seen i can no longer be silent and feel quite upset has anyone ever seen the like of it i do not concern myself much in the affairs of other people but this gentleman pointing to alceste who has staked the whole of his happiness on you an honourable and deserving man like this and who worshipped you to madness ought he
1: to have been leave me i pray you madam to manage my own affairs. And do not trouble yourself unnecessarily. In vain do I see you espouse my quarrel. I am unable to repay you for this great zeal. And if ever I intended to avenge myself by choosing someone else, it would not be you whom I would select.
7: And do you imagine, sir, that I ever harboured such a thought, and that, i am so very anxious to secure you you must be very vain indeed to flatter yourself with such an idea Celimen's leavings are a commodity of which no one needs to be so very much enamoured pray undeceive yourself and do not carry matters with so high a hand people like me are not for such as you you will do much better to remain dangling after her skirts and i long to see so beautiful a match
0: scene seven salemene eleante alceste felinte alceste to salemene
1: well i have held my tongue notwithstanding all i have seen and i have let every one have his say before me have i controlled myself long enough and will you now allow me
4: yes you may say what you like you are justified when you complain and you may reproach me with anything you please. I confess that I am in the wrong, and, overwhelmed by confusion, I do not seek away any idle excuse to palliate my fault. The anger of the others I have despised, but I admit to my guilt towards you. No doubt your resentment is just. I know how culpable I must appear to you, that everything speaks of my treachery to you, and that, in short, you have cause to hate me. Do so. I consent to it
1: but can i do so you traitress can i thus get the better of all my tenderness for you and although i wish to hate you with all my soul shall i find a heart quite ready to obey me
0: to Eliante and felinte
1: you see what an unworthy passion can do and i call you both as witnesses of my infatuation nor truth to say is this all and you will see me carry it out to the bitter end to show you that it is wrong to call us wise and that in all hearts there remains still something of the man
0: To solemnity
1: yes perfidious creature i am willing to forget your crimes i can find in my own heart an excuse for all your doings and hide them under the name of a weakness into which the vices of the age betrayed your youth, provided your heart will second the design which I have formed of avoiding all human creatures, and that you are determined to follow me without delay into the solitude in which I have made a vow to pass my days. It is by that only, that, in every one's opinion, you can repair the harm done by your letters, and that, after the scandal which every noble heart must abhor it may still be possible for me to love you
4: what i renounce the world before i grow old and bury myself in your wilderness
1: if your affection responds to mine what need the rest of the world signify to you am i not sufficient for you
4: solitude is frightful to a widow of twenty I do not feel my mind sufficiently grand and strong to resolve to adopt such a plan. If the gift of my hand can satisfy your wishes, I might be induced to tie such bonds, and marriage.
1: No! My heart loathes you now, and this refusal alone affects more than all the rest. As you are not disposed, in those sweet ties, to find all in all in me, as I would find all in all in you? Be gone! I refuse your offer. and this much felt outrage, frees me for ever from your unworthy toils.
0: Scene eight. Eliante, Alceste, Felinte, Alceste to Eliante,
1: Madam, your beauty is adorned by a hundred virtues, and I never saw anything in you but what was sincere. For a long while. I thought very highly of you, but allow me to steam you thus for ever, and suffer my heart in its various troubles not to offer itself for the honor of your acceptance. I feel too unworthy and begin to perceive that heaven did not intend me for the marriage bond, that the homage of only the remainder of a heart unworthy of you would be below your merit. And that in short,
0: you may pursue this thought. I am not at all embarrassed with my hand, and here is your friend who, without giving me much trouble, might possibly accept it if I asked him.
2: Ah, madam, I ask for nothing better than that honour, and I could sacrifice my life and soul for it.
1: May you, to taste true contentment, preserve for ever these feelings towards each other. Deceived on all sides, overwhelmed with injustice, I will fly from an abyss where vice is triumphant, and seek out some small, secluded nook on earth, where one may enjoy the freedom of being an honest man.
2: Come, madam, let us leave nothing untried to deter him from the design on which his heart is set.
0: End of act five. End of the Misanthrope by Moliere Translated by Henri Von Luan